2: This
3: is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday, my friends. Yeah, Tuesday. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, you can check me out on drive there at 4pm. Now, we begin, of course, with fallout from Mikel Arteta's Arsenal beating Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Yeah, no surprise there. The match was live on TalkSport. Here's all the reaction.
1: Mikel Arteta's team, even like Mondays. The Kings of London win another derby and another away game. They built their title challenge on Derby Day wins and victories away from home last season. And that consistency on the road has started again this campaign.
4: I love it. Yeah, Absolutely loved it. It's a really difficult place to come. We played the way we wanted to play 11 against 11. We dominated again. We created enough chances. We missed two very, very huge chances. And normally he puts them away, but we never gave up. We continue playing the way we wanted to continue. Eddie earned us the right to to go ahead uh, with his action, score the penalty, and yeah. And then yeah. we have to play half an hour with with 10 men, which is a context that obviously we didn't prepare, but we had to adapt. And I think the plays were fantastic because I don't think that we give anything away. Um, The shows were great, the way they came out, the concentration, the focus, how much they helped the team, the coaching, they changed momentum in many occasions of the game. So really happy. Did you see a team of champions tonight from Arsenal?
2: I saw a performance from a side that can grind things out in a different way. We saw a team that dominated the ball first half, as we said, got their noses in front.
1: Two bookable offences for Takahiro Tomiyasu. The first one was delaying the taking of a throw-in. The second one a foul on Ayu, And it's a sending off.
2: The Tommy Asu yellow card is an absolute disgrace. The second yellow. It's an absolute
4: disgrace. The first You're, one's the first one's harsh. We watched it back. The
2: first one Kaer is harsh.
4: Kai Havertz holds yes. the ball on the side for yep. 15 seconds. He then throws it to Tommy Asu. Tommy yes. Asu takes it. He only holds the ball, looking for it, and he's actually genuinely looking. Yes. To throw the ball to someone, he holds it for eight seconds. He gets
2: booked. Okay, so what about then if Tommy Asu then throws the ball to someone else? How many? I think that that was just the referee saying, "Do you know what Arsenal?" are taking you-know-what here. Yeah, there must have been some coming together. The thing is, you don't get yourself in that position if you don't do the silly time, well, taking forever on a throw-in. We've seen it enough weeks now. As Sam was talking, wasn't he, about the inconsistency of someone taking ages on a throw-in and doesn't get a yellow, and then 10 minutes later he's doing it, and he does. Totally. And I get that. And we're going to get that for a while. If it cuts it out, let's let's hope they continue with that, because the petulance I don't like anyway,
4: but there was some strange referee decisions. What did you think of Crystal Palace? You know, I was thinking when they went down to 10 men, Arsenal, yeah. I'm thinking, right, Palace is going to be right in this. They just lacked cutting edge for me. You know, that, like, the key pass, the final ball, or the bit of magic in and around the box.
2: They just didn't have it. So Arsenal were excellent defensively the way they set themselves up. Um, You look on on one side, Thomas Partey there, not his day job, but boy, did he do a good job on that that right-hand side, stopping crosses coming in. And they just worked incredibly hard. Once you dig in like that, Joe, we've all done training ground sessions where you have eight eight players, so it's 11 v 8. We've done those sessions. How hard are they to break teams down like that? It's
4: difficult. If you well, not get if you've well organised... Not, not if you've got someone in the team that knows what they're doing. No, it's no, that's happen. not...
2: But Palace don't, and that's well, unfortunate. Risks. I don't yeah. think
4: Crystal Palace took enough risks. Sideways, 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 cross. But, but Arsenal out. played
2: narrow. Really difficult to break a team down like that. No Elise, no Zaha. SA, I thought, was a little bit disappointing as well. Um, but I think what we've got to do, we've got to say about Arsenal, that is that is how you get three points in a difficult place to go, down to ten men. You know, Palace, it was one-way traffic. You know, all I can do is play is Arsenal. Because you're coming away from that ground when you are under the cosh like that. Fair play. Palace didn't really have an answer. I think Palace could probably be there still now, mate.
3: Now Manchester United have concluded its internal investigation into the allegations made against Mason Greenwood and they have confirmed the player will leave the club. Here's Talk Sports Chief Football Correspondent Alex Crook reacting to the news. I think what we've seen from this case
4: actually is maybe a change when it comes to, to football fans <coughs> and maybe the moral compass That they now have, it would have been interesting to see what the court of opinion publicly would have been had this have happened 20 years ago. But I think times have changed. I think they've changed for the better. I think actually most Manchester United fans, despite the fact that Mason Greenwood was and and may well be again a very talented player, probably before this happened, was an 80 to 100 million pound player. I think they'll realise that actually some things are more important uh, than balances on a revenue sheet and more important even than picking out three points on a Saturday afternoon plan was certainly to to make this announcement before the Premier League season had started and I think that would have been best for all concerned it would have been best for Mason Greenwood and his family it would have been best for Manchester United as a football club it would have been best probably for that Manchester United dressing room because there'll be players in that dressing room who, who probably feel quite strongly about this situation and it would have been best for Manchester United fans as well not to have had to feel they needed to protest as they did before that game uh, against Wolverhampton Wanderers.
3: And here the former Crystal Palace chairman Simon Jordan spoke about Greenwood's future.
1: My take on it is, mm. is that there will be a a a solution where the young man of course his statement will be drafted by his pr guys and made sure that it ticks every single box and every aspect of the observations that he should be making to try and find some way to redeem himself to try and find some way to rehabilitate himself if the alleged victim isn't prepared to prosecute the charges and we can all have supposition as to why that may be the case, but if she's not prepared to prosecute for her own reasons, then I do think it's not necessarily the right of everybody else to do so. This young man has a right to rehabilitate himself. If his behaviour has been, in his own mind, has been so reprehensible that he needs to rehabilitate himself, he should be given that opportunity. And his career is football.
3: Former England international Leanne Sarneson is a Manchester United supporter and believes the club have made the right decision.
5: I was at the game on Saturday in the away end against Tottenham Hotspur and I was thinking, you know, we're crying out for a player like Mason Greenwood in that number nine role. But for me, I heard Andy was talking about the morality of football now and I I think it'd be quite difficult for me to go to Manchester to watch Manchester United again if Mason Greenwood was playing. Now, he's one of the most technically gifted players I've seen at Manchester United, left foot, right foot. But the morals just doesn't sit right with me. So I'm glad that my club has done the right thing. And, and you know, when you support a team, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And it's a shame, but I am glad that it's come to this conclusion. And every time Manchester United seemed to play, Mason Greenwood would trend on social media and those types of things. Some people want him to come back. And I think, where are the morals in this situation? It doesn't sit well with me. So I think it'd be quite difficult for me to go and watch Man United if he was playing knowing everything that we saw
3: now Ivan Tony has made his first appearance in the media since his suspension on the diary of a CEO podcast former palatona Simon Jordan questioned what he would have got out of the appearance
4: there was people saying I was match fixing but none of it was match fixing it was just like I said before I was betting on myself to score first from I think this was a while back I'm still trying to do the right thing it's not like I'm smashing someone and getting a yellow card here there and everywhere
1: this is an ill-advised interview you know those without sin can cast the first stone and we're very quick to judge people based upon what they do and don't do and tell them how they should and shouldn't behave I think this is ill-advised I don't think it's clever I don't think it's sensible I don't think it portrays him in a particularly good light I mean he won't be the only person that does this there'll be lots of footballers inside the game that are doing the same thing because like I said there's sometimes a view that the rules don't apply to them in this instance Ivan is actually only damaging himself he, you know, he is right. I do, I do agree with his principle, insofar as he's making the ideal that there's a scapegoat mentality here. He's not, he's not a scapegoat because of anything other than his behaviour. But I would imagine there was a desire to send out a very strong message to a player that's very high profile, was in amongst the England squad, and they've obviously got an issue with. Um, the betting community full stop because the betting community as we are hearing in in the breaks between our show is a major contributor to advertising revenues to sponsorship revenues and there were challenges around this industry and there were challenges around the industry itself and the way it behaves and there was a challenge around the government's failure to legislate this industry to be able to deal with it properly but none of that gives Ivan Tony much of a pass And Ivan would be better served to have not done this interview or to have done it in such a fashion, whether he he had to swallow it and simply say, I accept the responsibilities of my own actions. And
3: ultimately, this is a message to all people out there that bet, don't bet. And here's the former Ireland captain, Andy Townsend, looking back at England's defeat in the Women's World Cup final and the performance of the world's best keeper, Mary Earp's.
2: Onabacha, oh, formerly of Manchester United, very nearly with a dagger to the hearts of England in the World Cup final and it took a deflection off Jess Carter too. It's an even better save from Mary Earps.
3: I think the best player for England in the tournament was the goalkeeper. Yes. I think Mary Earps yep. was excellent. I think she had a brilliant tournament. I mean, the penalty save again yesterday was massive. It gave them yeah. a little bit of hope towards the end of the game. But I think she was probably the best, the, the best England player throughout the competition. And if your goal is your best player, it kind of says that
6: perhaps
3: yeah. Yeah. you're not firing on all cylinders, maybe. Let's hear from Andy Jacobs now, shall we? Yes, going on a massive rant, no surprise there, about Chelsea.
4: Chelsea will be winless in their opening two games at the start of a Premier League season. For only the third time this century, Chelsea will have won just five Of their last 31 Premier League games. Just shows you money can't buy you love or success.
6: I don't care too much for money. Money can't
0: buy me love. Can't buy me love.
6: I just find the buying policy so odd. You know, you've bought this bloke disaster. disaster. I mean, you know, (laughs) is he better than Chalabar? Looking at him, he isn't. Mm. So why have you bought him? You know, look at, uh, what's his name, Lavia. Why did we buy Lavia? When when we were struggling to break West Ham down t- the ten men, did anybody look to the Chelsea's bench and go, oh, if only we had another defensive midfielder we could bring on? Yeah. Said no one in the entire universe. <laughs> so why did they buy him? Why not buy a strike and 900 million spent? And they haven't brought a striker. It's, yeah. Matt, Jackson's good, but he's like he's a second striker. He's not a man to lead the line. You know. Yes, they've got Brozier, but when's he coming back? Yeah. How good will he be? You know. Honestly, to spend all this money and Mudrick, yeah. I can't see it. Eighty million quid. I cannot. Sometimes you look at a player and think, oh, he's struggling a bit, but he's got something about him. This bloke, yeah. I think he could play till he's a hundred. will never be any good.
3: And here's Julian Browning on TalkSport Breakfast after he stepped in to run the line after two assistant refs sustained injuries during Pompey's clash with Cheltenham. There's a vicious rumour going around, Julian, that uh, the Pompey midfielder, Joe Morrill, said he spotted you having four pints before the game. <laughs> now, if you're running up and down that line and you got that lot swimming around <laughs> in your belly, then uh, that makes it job a little bit harder again. Is that true? Uh, Andy, Andy, it's been four, five, six, all sorts, however many <laughs> you want to throw out there. But I, I can categorically state I didn't even finish one pint.
6: Uh, um, exactly. Like-
3: we do hospitality, we're, we're, we're allowed season ticket holders to hospitality so we don't go there just to drink, we go to socialise so it's not, a, uh, it's not a, a thing we, you know, I, I drink regularly but I wouldn't have done it, I guarantee you now, if I'd had more than one beer, two even, there's no way I would have even stood up. Do yeah. you completely switch off from being a fan? Oh God, I, I asked the referee what happens if Pompey score? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean you,
5: you, you can't even be waving that flag like a cheerleader, you know? <laughs>
3: Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's drive time show today at 4pm. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts at first in the morning. Do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That
2: was a podcast from TalkSport.
1: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay.